This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back. It's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again as we head into a massive weekend. A huge homestand coming up for the Mariners. We'll talk about that. Mariners taking on Arizona, so it's a perfect time to catch up with Mike Farron. That conversation will come up at the end of the podcast. That's one I think you will enjoy. Get a bit of perspective from Arizona. The Mariners seeing the Diamondbacks again, but also kind of more broadly a conversation uh, about some bigger issues in baseball and where the Mariners fit in this race as we head down the stretch as well. And speaking of that, this is a big, big homestand. The Mariners take on the Diamondbacks for three, and then the Boston Red Sox come to town to start next week. So here's how things sit. The Red Sox right now holding the number one wild card. The Yankees, the number two wild card. So Boston has overtaken New York by just a game. Toronto just surging. They've won eight games in a row, 77 and 62 now. They swept aside the Yankees in four games. The Yankees never led in that entire series as the Yankees just got steamrolled at home. Aaron Boone, (laughs) he said after the Toronto series that it was a, quote, horrible homestand. And, yeah, as the Yankees have lost six in a row, Toronto's won eight in a row. So the Blue Jays, a half game behind the Yankees. Oakland, who won yesterday, they've won two in a row. And the Mariners, they're tied now, 76 and 64, identical records. Both the Mariners and A's, two games back of the second wild card. So it is a jumbled mess right now. In terms of what's happening the next uh, over the weekend, Mariners, of course, as you know, will be taking on Arizona. The Red Sox will be in Chicago to take on the White Sox, a huge series. The Yankees across town will take on the New York Mets at their place. Toronto has Baltimore for four games, and their offense has been on fire. And this is, I think, a big key down the stretch when you look at schedules. Toronto has Baltimore seven more times the rest of the way. They have the Twins seven more times. The rest of the games... Tampa for six, and Yankees for three. So I think the way I view it right now, Toronto has definitely a schedule advantage when you look at the teams down the stretch. Oakland has Texas for three. Remember, Mariners and A's will hook up seven more times the rest of the way. Yankees schedule the rest of the way. They take on the Mets for three. Cleveland three, Texas three, at Boston, three. At Toronto, three. And Tampa Bay for three. So that's a tough nine games. That's the Yankees' schedule. The Boston schedule, uh, as you know, White Sox for three. Then the Mariners. They have six left with Baltimore, three with the Yankees, three with the Nationals, and two with the Mets. It's why I've looked at this week as the time to catch the Red Sox because three with the White Sox, three with the Mariners coming off of a tough 
series as well. This is the opportunity, and of course the Mariners have that in their own hands. Of course, the Mariners swept the Diamondbacks on the last road trip. They salvaged the finale against the Houston Astros. Man, it was so close to a series win. They had the lead in Game 2 of the series, lost it late, and the Astros get the win. Nice bounce back, though, from the Amps. They score four runs in the ninth inning to get the win over Houston. Taylor ready. The stretch delivers. Swing and a fly ball. Well hit to right field. Tucker going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball, J.P. Crawford with his seventh home run of the season. A two-out, two-run home run, and the Mariners now lead the Astros 8-4 to four here in the top half of the ninth. Mariners won that one 8-5. to five. Here's what Scott Service said after that game. I want to open this one today with, uh, per everybody's favorite coach, especially Divish's, uh, we have a lot of goldfish, guys with very short memories. So uh, for all you Ted Lasso fans out there, uh, that's what came into my mind today. Certainly when we got after it in the first inning, um, you never would have known we were in a tough game last night and, and weren't able to get it done. So uh, uh, what can you say? The, the, the will to win that this team has is so unique. And I've been on a lot of teams, coached a lot, played on a lot. Don't know if I've ever been on a team that, that is just so driven to win uh, as, as this team is. And I don't know how we do it some days, but we find a way. And uh, today it was everybody chipping in as it has been oftentimes this year. Uh, you know, heck of a job by our bullpen again uh, to, to, you know, keep it close when we really need to. Uh, you know, we had some guys step up. Toro swung the back good. Kelnick had a big double there in the seventh to, to get the game tied. And then you think you're going to run out of it a little bit in the ninth. And two out hit by uh, Marmo was huge, obviously. And, you know, JP, a little icing on the cake with the home run. So a uh, really good road trip. You know, four and two could have been a little bit better, maybe. Uh, but I say that. And it seems like every game in this trip, you know, three extra inning games, other games decided late. And, you know, four and two trip at this point in the season. Uh, we'll take it. and Got a lot to, to play for here when we come back uh, on the homestand. So I'll take anybody's questions. Scott, how important was it just getting out of here with the win? The total number of games left in the season is starting to diminish and to, to try and get back on track and work. So. Yeah, you know, all along, you know, I felt we played a really good game last night. I, we did. We just didn't close it out. Uh, and, and today, you know, we could have done a few things better. Uh, but, you know, we were in the game. I thought we could have added on a lot more early in the game. I thought we had Rikidi kind of on the ropes in the first inning and only getting two two runs there. You know, we had a lot of traffic today. Uh, I think we had, you know, 12, 13 hits, a bunch of walks. Uh, we did a nice job of creating opportunities. And, uh, you know, when you get that many guys on base, you need to cash in and, we got we cashed in at the right times. Certainly in the seventh and the ninth, we got the big hits. But uh, uh, nice to get out of here with a win. It's a tough place for us to win. There's no question. They have a tough lineup, um, and credit to our guys for for their will to keep pushing forward and figure out a way to to get a W. Hey Scott, you talk about guys having a short memory. Probably nice to get Paul back out there again. And I know they got to run there, but uh, really probably showed you a little bit bouncing back like that, didn't they? No, I really, you know, there was no doubt that's who we're going to go to. We wouldn't be in this spot if it wasn't for Paul. It's just that Alex Bregman is the one guy in the league that sees the ball very well off of him, and I can't explain it. Um, I thought Paul had really good stuff today, probably better than he did yesterday, but, you know, you have those guys. They just see it. They see it good. They see it the whole way, and, and Bregman was on everything he threw. But other than that, you know, Paul got the final three outs. That's what we needed. Get on the plane. Go back home.
You guys brought Marmo back a week and a half ago. You were saying at the time that you were really hoping he'd bring a jolt to the bottom half of the lineup. You know, what did you see from him in that at bat right there? Just the clutchness factor against an all-star. Well, I think, you know, they're not trying to do too much. Um, you know, they, they've back into their bullpen. Uh, we've seen a lot. Obviously, we play a lot of close games. We, we've seen, you know, we've seen Presley. We've seen Graveman a, a ton. You, you get used to seeing the same guys. You make adjustments. You have an idea how they're going to pitch, just like they do on our guys. Uh, and I give Marmo a ton of credit. You know, in that situation, you don't have to kill it. You just got to make good contact. And obviously, you stay down the ball and shot it through the hole. That's all we needed. Didn't need a homer. Uh, didn't need a double. We just needed solid contact and find a hole, and we got it done. It's got the uh, the swing from Jared, first pitch curveball. Uh, that guy is really tough for what it, on lefties for a right-hander. Did, was he up there kind of looking? I mean, is that the report you had on him? I know Jared's been attacked with a ton of breaking stuff lately. Yeah, I heard a conversation between Jared and, and Tim Laker before we went up there. And, uh, again, experience helps. And uh, Jared doesn't have a lot of it. He's gaining it quickly. But uh, Jared said, ah, I think he's going to maybe try to slide a fastball right, sneak a fastball by me. And Laker said, are you crazy? You swung at every curveball in the dirt today. He's not going to throw a fastball first pitch. <laughs> so I uh, give Jared credit. He got up there. He slowed it down. And he got a pitch up in the strike zone. It was a curveball and put a good swing on it. Just how good was Castillo's slider uh, out there today? I mean, just a ton of swing and miss, especially given where he was with it last night. Yeah, I thought Diego threw the ball really well. It's probably the sharpest uh, slider he's had since we've had him here, and he located it extremely well. I'm always a little worried those sliders coming into Kyle Tucker. You know, that's kind of his nitro zone down and in. You can go down there, but you got to be lower than low, and he was. You know, he buried the back uh, the back foot slider with him to get the strikeout, and, and Tucker's been a tough for us, tough out for us in this series. He's really swung the bat well. So Diego working through that inning was huge. I think the key inning in the game, and it kind of goes unnoticed, is Joe Smith comes in that game. We're down four to two, and he goes one, two, three. It allows us not to have to bring Misevich in to get him out of the inning, and it really allowed us to kind of line our bullpen in a, in a perfect spot going forward. So oftentimes, you know, the fifth, sixth inning, you're down a couple runs. It kind of goes unnoticed. Joe Smith did a really nice job today going one, two, three, and allowed us to extend out our bullpen and not overuse anybody today because we didn't have everybody available today going into it. Scott, did you think you were, it was eventually – you had so much traffic on bases and just weren't getting that big hit. Did you feel like it had to come eventually with that much traffic every inning? I, I think it's always going to come, Ryan. But, uh, you know, it's – you never know. Um, you know, our, our guys, again, I, I give them a ton of credit. Um, they don't let the moment get, a, get too big on them. Um, and, and the experiences that we are gaining – I've said this a million times. I'm going to keep saying it again, but – even Cal Raleigh up in that position, second and third, with their closer on the mound, a big game. We're on September 8th. That's invaluable. Did he come through? No, he didn't. But eventually it is going to help him along the way. And all of our guys, how they're handling, how Jared Kelnick is handling those at-bats now versus maybe how he was a couple months ago, night and, night and day difference. And you just got to go through it. The experience is huge, and we're getting a lot of it right now. Hey, Scott, you don't have to come back to Houston until May 2nd next year. Is that okay with you? You never know what's going to happen in 2021. I'll leave it there. <laughs> hey, Scott, how's Miz? It looked like he was limping pretty good after the awkward dismount on the mound there. Yeah, the comebacker, I think he thought it was hit harder than it was. He twisted his ankle. And, uh, you know, he was a little concerned about it. We went out there. He threw one pitch. I said, how you feel? He goes, well, it's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Here we go. You know, and again, that's kind of the attitude of our guys in the bullpen. Uh, there's days that they're not at 100%. 
They know they have a job to do. They're going to give us everything they got. And Miz got some huge outs for us in that inning. Scott, you guys avoided a sweep today. You've talked so much about how hard it is to sweep a team in this league, but you guys haven't been swept since that, that series back in San Diego, which feels like so long ago at this point. Can you just kind of put into words how much you guys have grown in the three and a half months since and, you know, your ability to put, put a tough loss behind, you've touched on it, but just, you know, the transition you've seen over the past three and a half months. It's huge. And you're going to have streaks. You're going to have rough patches along the way where you maybe don't swing the bat well or, or pitch as well as you like, but, you know, not letting it get too far down the road. And, and where you look up and now you've lost five, six, seven, eight in a row. That's the credit to our, our players and our coaching staff coming in here every day and staying very, very consistent on and what we're talking about, what we're stressing. Uh, we have not deviated from the day we left spring training. What's important to us? You guys have heard it a million times. It's controlling the strike zone. Um, it, it's, it's, it's getting in good counts, controlling the count, obviously executing late in games. We've been certainly better at times than others. But, um, you know, it's a credit to, to the whole group showing up every day. You walked in here this morning, you would not have known that we lost that game in extra innings last night. You had no idea. Even when you watched us play in the first inning, there was no carryover at all. How much Ted Lasso do you have in you? Excuse me? I said, how much Ted Lasso, I said, how much Ted Lasso do you have in you? Oh, <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Quite a bit. And uh, I think it's a uh, – it's fun. It's a fun show to watch. Um, a few of our players watching and all of our coaches. And I just think the characters and there's so much real life stuff that plays out there. And I think for people that have been a part of a team their whole life and not just, you know, an athletic team, but you work in teams and business, whatever. There's so much that goes into that. So I enjoy it. Uh, you know, new episode comes out this week. We'll, we'll see what, see what it offers. Well, you know that series in Houston would be tough, so they get the finale, and it sets up a big weekend. They've swept Arizona already at their place. They would love another sweep coming up this weekend with Boston coming to town. 7-10 first pitch tonight, 6-10 coming up on Saturday, 1-10 on Sunday against Arizona. If you're able to, man, be at the ballpark for the Red Sox series. It is going to be huge, enormous. 7-10 first pitch Monday, 7-10 first pitch Tuesday. Wednesday, I think one of the best days of the year as we celebrate Roberto Clemente. Clemente Day at the ballpark. That will be Wednesday at 1-10. Just a massive, massive three games against the Boston Red Sox. So we won't talk again on the podcast until Monday. <laughs> when you look at the jumble, the standings, there is so much that can happen between now and then with three games. So... We will see where the Mariners are at then. We'll talk about what happened over the weekend. And, of course, we will preview the Boston Red Sox. We'll be in town next time we talk on Monday. So have a great weekend. I think we all hope the Mariners have a great weekend. In the meantime, enjoy our conversation, me and Shannon, with Mike Farron. You know, for the most part, it's, you know, listen, it's no secret that Diamondbacks are in a spot where they're playing out the string. They're trying to get younger players some experience. There has been a couple of really good stories in this group. Uh, Dalton Varsho, the, the son of former big league outfielder coach and scout Gary Varsho. Uh, Josh Rojas, who's a local guy that they got from Houston in the Granke trade. And Paven Smith, who was their first rounder in 2017, are the three that really stand out to this point offensively. And, you know, they, they went through a stretch where they won eight 
eight times in 58 games over May and June. And a lot of it was because they just don't have depth. And so they're starting pitching. They lost you know, four of their top six starters for a good chunk of that time. And uh, now that the starters are back, they're a much more competitive team. Um, and so they're getting more consistent outings. And I think that's been one of the, the big keys to them at least playing uh, better since the beginning of July. What's the big picture plan for the Diamondbacks going forward? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think they're one of the things that they like to be is flexible. Now they, they are not a team um, from their front office down to their owner or up to their owner that likes the idea of punting a season, no matter how bad this one's going to end up being. And I think some of it depends on what the playoff picture looks like for 2022. Are we going to have seven teams in each league? I think if you do see that, I think you would see them probably be a little bit more aggressive in terms of adding personnel um, to be competitive. I think otherwise you're looking at, you know, what is a pretty good farm system. I mean, it's generally ranked right around the top 10, the back part of the top 10. Um, they have a couple of very good position player prospects that are a ways away, including Corbin Carroll, who's from Seattle, um, who's missed most of the season because of a, a shoulder surgery. Um, and they have some pitching that's coming, that's coming a little bit faster. So I think they're positioned to be able to choose what they want to do. Do you want to compete for one of those playoff spots to, to be able to get a chance to get into the tournament and hopefully get hot? Or do you want to take a step back and, um, and be be able to kind of reset for another year down the road. Um, they have a couple of attractive players potentially in trade. Um, and so I, maybe it's as much as the trade market dictates that uh, as it is, you know, whether or not there are playoff teams, but I don't think that there's really a course that's set for 2022 as of yet. You've had a front row seat to one of the most, if not the most interesting divisions in baseball oh. Dodgers and the Padres <laughs> Uh, who I think we all expected to be in the mix. I don't know if we any of us had the Giants being there all season long, but what has it been like going head-to-head -head with those teams in the West day after day, week yeah. after month after month? I mean, I've been, I've been here for six years now, so I've seen a good chunk of this Dodgers run, and they're just remarkable. I, I think you know their offense is so good, and the Giants have basically mimicked this in that they just don't chase pitches out of the zone, right? Like so, they're so good at surveying the strike zone, swinging at the right pitches, and then they're both a little bit like an NBA team in that um, at some point they're going to go on a run, right? So like you're waiting for that. It's might be a one nothing game or a two one game in the sixth, and then all of a sudden you're waiting for them to go on the run. And it's a key, whether or not you can come up with a defensive stop. And they're both like that. San Diego's exciting. I mean, they're, they're, they have so much talent. They have so much ability. They have so much swag. They're a really fun team to compete against, but they're not quite as refined as those two teams are in terms of their approach or their, um, you know, I don't want to make this sound critical of the Padres, but it just seems like there's a different, level of attention to detail with the Dodgers and the Giants. And so I, I just think that there are enough behind them in that regard that really their talent plays and Tatis is remarkable. I think he's the most magnetic star that we've had since Griffey um, that, that they're, they're a lot of fun, but those other two teams are just like, you just don't look forward to the 19 times you're going to play them in the division because they are, they are meticulous in the way that they pick you apart. Well, you're visiting with Mike Farron, who does who does it all for the Diamondbacks, does pre, post, and host, or does play-by-play -play as well, and 
also is host of Power Alley on the MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. And along those lines, you've got to watch it all. You've got to keep mm-hmm. track of it all. Uh, what are you excited to keep an eye on in this final month of the season? I actually think there's quite a bit. I mean, you know, the central races are pretty well solved. You know, the fact that Houston really has kind of been stuck in neutral for the last month in the West, I think is interesting. I really like that A's team. I think they're very good. I think they have a chance to be able to run down Houston if they can get some breaks, although their schedule is very, very difficult. Um, and so I don't think that that division is out of out of um out of reach for for Oakland. Um, the National League East is going to be great down the stretch because those teams are beautifully flawed. Um, and that's the same case with the second wild card with Cincinnati, San Diego, um, uh, St. Louis, and then you have to throw the Phillies and Mets into that mix as well. So I think those are exciting ones. And I think the American League wild card is neat. I mean, listen, the Mariners, you know, I think if we were to, to put odds on it, or if you were to try and guess, you probably would put them behind, um, you know, Toronto, even in the mix, but they just keep winning games. And there's something about this team that just is like, it, it, it reminds me a lot of the other Mariners teams that we've seen in the last 15 years that have come close, but haven't been able to get over the hump is that they win these close games or they're, they're in it right to the end. And I have very little doubt that they're going to be in it towards the end of the season. I wouldn't say that they're uh, one of the favorites for that spot that second wild card spot or even the first one, cause that's still up for grabs, but I do think that they can push it to the end. And I think that's going to be hugely beneficial for this, this group going forward. I mean, I think there, there's so much talent that is coming in that organization that, and I think they have a general manager or a president now of baseball operations and Jerry DePoto, who is going, who wants to be aggressive and boy, this is free agent market and trade market potentially line up really well for the Mariners. I think you're going to see a really, I think you're going to see them make impactful moves on the winter market on, in the hot stove to to make them one of the favorites for a playoff spot a year from now. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, we live Mariners day in and day out. Right. Nice to get the national perspective of yeah. bigger picture what the Mariners look like. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, listen, they're in great shape. I mean, I think the step back certainly worked, you know, or, or soft reboot or whatever it was that, that was Jerry's term for it. You know, I mean, listen, I know Kelnick hasn't hit yet, and I know Gilbert had a rough August, but listen, go look at Mike Trout's first 130 plate appearances in the big leagues. They weren't very good either. And I think you've started to see better from Kelnick maybe over the last month, and I think there's going to be more there. I think you'll probably see some fits and starts with guys with Julio Rodriguez and whenever, you know, George Kirby or Ethan Hancock come up, which I would assume probably more towards the second half of next year. But they don't have a whole lot of long-term salary commitments. They don't really have any. Um, they're going to be able to spend. Mariners ownership has always spent at a reasonable level. I know that they probably get dinged locally for being uh, cheap because that's the way most most owners get. But I think when you look at where their payrolls line up, it's generally around where their market size is, which is 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. And so they should have a lot of financial resources available to them. So you have money. You have a deep farm system. You have a major league team that's already starting to show signs of, of, of big improvement. It's not all that dissimilar to say like the 2015 Astros or the 2015 Chicago Cubs or the 2020 Chicago White Sox in terms of like you're starting to see where a couple of key major acquisitions will take and push this team forward.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.